Our guest today says it was only a few years ago that she was fully immersed in a toxic form of feminism that did not make her happy. As a successful mechanical engineer and entrepreneur, Rebecca Barrett had rejected all of the traditional ideals of womanhood, including marriage and being a mother. But today, today, she values family above everything else, and she'll talk to us about her amazing transformation and journey. That's coming up next. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Carlitis, your host, and thank you for joining us once again here on the Moms for America podcast. All right, right here on the top of the show, I always want to remind everyone to like and subscribe to our podcast. We also ask that you share this podcast with your mama friends. Um, this is going to be an incredible show again. So please share this with your moms. Also right here on the top of the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. I always want to invite all the moms here to join us at Moms for America. We are moms uniting all across our country to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the constitution. So please moms check us out at momsforamerica.us. Join our tribe. We would love to have you there. Alrighty, on to today's program. Rebecca Barrett began her career as a mechanical engineer and an entrepreneur. Her mantra was that she was never going to get married, never have a family, and never rely on a man. Now she has had a complete change of heart from a toxic feminist to a wife, a homemaker, and a mother. She keeps it real on her popular YouTube channel, advising young women on the dangers of this radical feminism. Well, welcome Rebecca to the Moms for America podcast. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me today. I'm excited to deep dive into this topic, into what we're going to get into today. All right. Well, before we start hitting this, uh, this topic, can you tell me a little bit about your family? Uh, your little nest over there and, yes. and uh, what your family looks like? Yeah, so I, um, I'm i married um, and I've been with my husband going on five years. We've been married three of those years or going on three years. And we have a beautiful baby girl. Her name is River Rain and she just turned one years old. And I feel like my life has completely just this year has been so quick and now you know I'm having baby fever again so <laughs> yeah watch out husband because watch when the baby fever comes it's like baby 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 oh so yes. and I love her name yes oh I love her she's so river so uh she was actually born in water like we were we did the whole oh, um, home birth yeah the whole natural birth and um, we love the name river, every single event in our lives, like our wedding day, our engagement, her, uh, the day we found out, sh uh, that we were pregnant, everything was raining. Like there was so much rain and water. Uh, <laughs> so we were like, this is the most appropriate name river rain. So I that's, that. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations. There's nothing, there's nothing like it. 
Thank and um, you. that's why this conversation is going to be so, um, so interesting because you really came from a background where looking at a family, a husband, babies, career on hold or on pause, yes. I always say just on pause because we're <laughs> always in our careers, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, this really wasn't the road that you had ventured out on. So in your twenties, you were basically um, not interested in family yes. or babies. Mm -hmm. Yes. I never thought I was going to have kids. I always told myself I didn't want kids or a husband just so that I could cope with the possible reality of not having that be my outcome in life. Mm -hmm. um, and I told everyone else too, which so like, I actually met up with one of my best friends from childhood yesterday. And she says, it's so crazy seeing <laughs> you with a baby and that you're a mom because you've literally convinced everyone your entire life that that was not your path. Wow. So yes, I was, I was convincing people, but in inside, I knew I wanted kids. I knew I wanted to be a wife. I just was very hurt and, yeah. um, angry and yeah, it took a long time to just shed away those fears. Well, um, I want to talk about that, but I also want to just backtrack a bit here. Okay. Um, your own family life, right. You were raised with a mom and a dad. I mean, you yes. were raised in the structure of a family. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that your mom was very dependent on your dad. Was yes. that, um, a good or a bad, or was that something that did not resonate with you? Or what was the beginnings of this? I guess did it happen yeah. when you were young? Cause I know you loved your dad. You loved your mom. You had a beautiful mm -hmm. family. Yeah. So my, so I'm a first generation American. Both my parents immigrated here from Brazil. So I grew up in a very traditional home life. My dad worked full time. He provided for my family and my mom stayed at home and managed the household, took care of the kids, all of that good stuff. Um, however, their relationship was very codependent and they essentially like needed each other to survive in life. Um, and it it was, I would say it was healthy because I saw both of my parents together, but they also, there was also infidelity involved in my story and mm. growing up and seeing that. And as a young child um, and the oldest living at home, I, it impacted me a lot more because I, was seeing my mom, you know, cry over these situations yeah, how hurt, and, right. and how hurt she was. And I said, you know, I will be the provider. I will take care of you because I know, and I knew at the time that, you know, her English wasn't that well. And she, mm -hmm. she just, she just didn't have the capability of leaving if that's what she wanted to do. And so I think both of them felt stuck, mm -hmm. but I will say my dad passed away in January, 2021, mm. and they were by each other's side till the end. So they stuck it out and wow. worked on their marriage and worked on their relationship. And I'm so grateful for that because mm. they could have easily tossed in the towel and 
said, you know, let's move on with our lives. And I'm just grateful to, yeah, to know that they were together till the end. So, yeah. and they did love each other, obviously. Yes, they yeah. loved each other so Aww. much. <laughs> Sorry to hear that your dad's gone. Um, okay. So when you look at your, your past here, mm-hmm. um, some of these things that you just mentioned uh, made you kind of go in a different direction. You yes. were not going to run into the homemaker. You were not looking to get married. You were not looking for children. You actually chose um, a pretty tough field, uh, a male-dominated yes. field, a male-dominated industry. And you kind of actually said that you kind of had a male energy was kind of growing within you. Let's yeah. just chat about that really quick. Yeah. So, you know, as as a young kid, I was seeing that if I depended on a man, if I put my entire trust and energy into having a husband, this was going to be my expected outcome. Like that's in my, you know, adolescent brain, that's what I thought marriage mm-hmm. would look like for everyone. And so I thought to myself, I need to be independent. I need to make my own money. I need to forge my own path. And I did just that. Um, I was, like I said, the oldest out of my um my family, my mom and dad's relationship. And so I was the tomboy. I like to tinker with, you know, cars and things. My dad uh, sold private jets and was a race car driver and did oh. a lot of things <laughs> with like his hands. And he showed me very young how to work with engines and stuff right. like you that. You know how so, to change your own oil, I'm sure. I know how to do a lot of things. <laughs> Um, I'm the electrician in our home. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I decided to do mechanical engineering wow. into college. And I, in, even in high school, I was the, um, captain of my robotics team. So I was very uh. nerdy. I loved working with my hands, tinkering. And so engineering was the path I wanted to take. And my dad and my parents, you know, being first generation American myself, that's a lot of the dream that a lot of immigrants have, right? Right. Have my kids become a doctor, engineer, something that is predictable, you know, Uh can, can make you a lot of money. And so I did just that. And I'm grateful that I have my mechanical engineering degree. I'm grateful that I have the experience under my belt. Yeah. Um, but it made me a hard person. It made me think in this mindset of this is a man's world. I have to operate mm-hmm. like a man to mm-hmm. be in this world. And all of that feminine, all of that, mm. you know, I was always a smiley, giggly person. And just growing up, I had, I had a chip on my shoulder. I had to be hard. I have to be the strong Mm. woman. And that's what I thought was like the pinnacle of like strong, independent woman. Mm -hmm. So kind of becoming one of the boys. Yeah. Male dominated industry, working on oil rigs. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah. So you really have to be tough to probably thrive in that type of atmosphere. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you talked about kind of having a mask, Mm -hmm. um, and being someone, I think you just alluded to the fact too, but you really were bringing a a persona of someone almost like an alter ego a bit. Yes. 
Yeah, it's crazy because I think too with, you know, I was the generation that grew up in front of the television, mm-hmm. um, just watching TV and movies and that very like heavy into pop culture. Mm-hmm. And so I would see these, like I would see Superwoman and like all of these characters that was the strong uh, female lead and I felt like I had to embody that, right? And so Rebecca was broken. Rebecca was, you know, didn't trust anyone, had to build up walls. But this other person, this other, you know, person that I became, Becca, right? Becca was this, you know, tough. I took it on the chin. I had a chip Mm. on my shoulder. I was one of the boys. I could handle it. You know, Mm -hmm. you couldn't offend me. Um, And over time, I saw that facade go away and Mm -hmm. it become much harder to maintain over time. Mm -hmm. And it got exhausting. And I just felt like I was constantly performing for everyone else. And then I would come home and just like take off my mask and have to live with Rebecca, had to live with no prospects, no love life, no one checking for me, you know? So it was hard. Um, Trying to focus on a successful career, focus on um, being something in this world, but yet Mm -hmm. coming home to an empty empty life, I guess, basically, because you weren't happy. (laughs) I told people I was happy. I pretended I was happy. I would. And that's the thing is I had a social life. I went out, I would do like, I would have friends, but they were, you know, they were just there. And I I remember I, I coped a lot with drinking. I coped a lot with, you know, alcohol and dabbled here and there with like medications and stuff like that so it was just what I did to kind of feel normal well you know Rebecca when you're saying that it just reminds me the fact that we all run into certain phases like this where we're fighting Mm -hmm. against our gifts we're fighting Mm -hmm. against our talents we're fighting against a part in us um, for whatever reason suppressing it uh, Mm -hmm. denying it and being a woman, you are a nurturer, yeah. being a yes. woman. And again, I'm not saying that everybody has to have children, has to get no. married. That's not the point of this discussion. Mm-hmm. The point of this discussion is, is that the world comes in with the ideology of feminism, that unless you're just fighting, finding your career, yes. that is how you'll find hope and joy and love. Um, and that everything else is basically bondage. So I kind of want to go a little bit fast forward now. You yeah. go to New York, you become an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you become involved with a new group and feminism yes. is probably something you didn't know that you were adopting. But now <laughs> when you get to New York, all of a sudden you are the, uh, you call yourself a raging feminist. I mean, yeah. wow. Yes. I was fully indoctrinated when I moved to New York. I was a part of every female group uh you know, the breakfasts and the co- uh, conferences and the, you name it, I was a part of it. Um, and especially with like female founders, we liked to stick together. That was a thing. And 
the narrative was always oh you are fighting for your seat at the table you know Mm -hmm. we would read all these books and uh you know it was just like I I was I would go to marches I would Mm -hmm. I would mentor younger women that were coming up or you know was trans were transitioning from being like corporate to wanting to start their own entrepreneurial ventures. Um, but it was always the the narrative was always blame men for your problems. Like we don't have enough funding. We don't have enough this. We don't have we're enough that. We're not being respected. We're yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was really what, like when you took away the beautiful, you know, bat, you know, like the beautiful events that were thrown and all of the aesthetics that was at the root of a lot of these events that you would go to, or a lot of these conferences or meetups or, you know, and once like, once that starts being repeated over and over and over in your brain, you start to think, yeah, I am a victim. Yeah. It is the patriarchy's fault. Yeah, it is the white man's fault. Yeah, it is because I'm a, you know, Latina woman that is struggling to get funding. And it's not like the market doesn't care and business doesn't care what color, age, demographic background you come from. The market cares about making money. (laughs) So- And I've heard you say this in some of your podcasts on on YouTube there, your videos, you said, even now, how how do we even think that women don't have a seat at the table? Women have a world of opportunity. So we keep screaming that we don't have the opportunities, but women are doing very, they're doing very successful. Yes. Um, So it's kind of um, a a crazy situation of saying you can't, but you are, you're a victim, you're the oppressed, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. Um, what are these lies that you would kind of say, you talk about four lies and then I want to get into your transformation, but yes. what were some of the the lies that you were adopting? Yeah. So I, I made a video on this and uh, I break down the four lies of feminism. There are more, but these are the, the overarching. Top. Yeah. The okay. top. Uh, the first one is I don't need a man. I want a man. So basically saying that, oh, I can survive, I can thrive, I can be the best version of myself. And I don't need anyone there. I don't need a man by my side. I can do this all by myself. Um, And that's, you know, that's crazy to me because we're just seeing the decline of birth rates and we're finally starting to address it in society. Mm -hmm. And it it's, I won't get into that right now, but it, it just doesn't look good for our population, our civilization. Right. right. Um, and then the second lie, well, I'm not going in order, but okay. uh, another lie that I hear is career success is the, is the pinnacle success that right. a woman should strive for. It's the greatest purpose in her life. It's the only thing she should be really aspiring for. And mm. I, you know, as a young, if you're a young woman listening, you're thinking, I got to go to college. I got to get my career down. I got to do all these things. Right. But we forget that, Mm. you know, 
yes, you get to you get to that point. You climb all these corporate ladders. You get to a point where you're very successful in your career. And then what happens after, like what happens 30 years later? You know, are you still the top person in your company? No, you're 50, 60, tired, overworked. You're trying to claw and scratch your way and you're being replaced. Yes. Competitive uh, industries kind of just, you know, walk all over you. And that has nothing to do with you being a woman. That's just the the turnover right yeah that's just how it is right and so to say that yeah like if you're young right now that's exciting that's exhilarating Mm -hmm. that's what we want to chase but then we disregard my bio my biology you know our our eggs diminish over time you don't create new eggs right? right so you're you get to your late thirties and there's no man, there's no prospects of a man. Right. And now women are freezing their eggs. They're waiting till later to have children. And the IVF rates are just also abysmal. If you talk and if you like listen and watch the data, it doesn't look good for women later on to have children. It's much harder. Right. So then you become a single parent. Yes. And then you don't have a, a family unit. You don't have a yes. husband. You don't have a, mm-hmm. um, you don't have that. I don't even know how you do it without having a husband, but you know, yeah. kudos <laughs> to the single moms that are, are doing it, but it is, it's a tough, it's a, it's a tough, um, a tough road, but moms it's a are tough doing road. it all across the country. Oh, but yes. this here, now, when you say career is a success, then actually right on the heels of that is that marriage and children are just bondage, right? They're just, heavy, they're, they're dead weight. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, if you're trying to strive for this amazing career, then having those Mm. people on the bandwagon is only going to slow you down. Right. They talk about the the data of women leaving the workforce to be Mm. the primary or the, you know, the main caregiver. And so people get upset when they hear that, but it's a choice that, women that families make all across the world. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't make up, I didn't make this decision on my own, right? Mm -hmm. My husband and I had multiple conversations before I transitioned into becoming a stay-at-home mom, a full-time stay-at-home mom. And so these are decisions that couples are making together. And so it's kind of a fairy tale to think that, you know, if you're single and you don't know, understand the dynamics of the marriage or of marriage that sounds ridiculous to you like oh i'm gonna put my career on hold to take care of kids but trust me i've i've heard a lot of women talk about this and this was my exact experience i didn't want to come back to youtube i didn't want to come back to podcasting i thought i wanted to just be with my daughter full-time and that's what i did for four or five months i just devoted my whole life to caring for her and it was and I was like this is the best who would want to go back and now (laughs) sometimes it's rough to go back yes yes and I feel for the women that do have to go back so quickly because I also talk to women that you know it breaks their heart sending their child to daycare at six months you know sometimes earlier Mm -hmm. than that 
but some families they have to, and I completely understand that. Right. Right. Um, so that's, that's another lie children and family and, uh, a husband is bondage and only going to slow you down. And then the last one that I see, and this is what's happening with a lot of our youth right now is this sexual promiscuity, this idea that, you know, you can have sex with whoever you want, with no consequences, with no, Mm. you know, impairments for the rest of your life. Like it's never going to affect you in the future. And that's a complete lie. Like when I, when I look at young women now teasing their only fans at 17 and that's what they look forward to the day that they can like hit the button for their only fans at 18 that breaks my heart because Mm. that's what we're pushing in society this sexualization of youth to the point where by the time that they're in their early 20s they have body counts of like 100 150 And it's so sad because what it does is it decreases that pair bonding that you're eventually going to have with, you know, the husband that you choose. And that, and, and it goes both ways for men too, but it's much, the threshold is much bigger. And the heart is so much deeper with women, you know, and and, and they're always denying they're denying, yes. denying, denying that it doesn't matter. But I, at the end of the day, everybody wants a ring and a man that would love and care for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are exceptions and there are situations that are different, mm-hmm. but nobody just wants to have a, a cheating man or a cheating woman that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's good. That gets old really quick. Um, yeah, it so. does. And I see these women that like are shells of themselves because- uh they bought in so hard to this idea of sexual liberation and doing whatever I want. And that's Mm. their idea of feminism. Their idea of feminism is as a woman, I can do whatever I want without society's constraints. Right. I've heard that as with no connection, with no emotion. And I, and you know, it's absolutely, it's not only just impossible, it, it's delusional because mm-hmm. your brain chemistry changes. It, it's like, you can see brain scans of this and, you know, it's sad to me. And so many, so many women are bought into this sexual liberation that they can do whatever they want with their bodies. And, you know, it's all about autonomy and whatever. And, you know, I've been getting a lot of flack on uh, YouTube recently because I I encourage women in marriages, wives to not deny their husbands. But on the other hand, that's like that's the thing that's getting me in trouble, right? You would think it's not very controversial to say, to say to women like you shouldn't deny your husbands in marriage to the point where they are so sexually starved, right? In these sexless marriages. But on the flip side, these women that are in these, you know, in the world, in the, in the marketplace, in the dating marketplace, they're shouting their body count numbers on the internet. Like it just doesn't make sense. Um, You had a change of heart, a change of mind 
a whole transformation that took you to the road now where you are at home, yes. married, mama, homemaker, and fully enjoying it. Let's talk about your transformation. So yeah. we know what's out there now. We know um, that women have bought into this. Mm -hmm. um, and but, but like you, I think a lot of women are coming out of the fog and going, mm -hmm. okay, uh, maybe I need to look at myself. Maybe mm -hmm. I need to kind of get my thoughts together a little bit more about what my life really looks like and what I'm denying. What was yeah. your transformation like? Yeah. So my transformation happened over time. And I tell people it didn't happen like that. It didn't happen overnight. It happened with a, a slew of different events. Um, one of them was my family member telling me that I was a miserable person at Christmas time. And then my whole family agreeing to it all at the same time. I felt like I oh, was boy. being punked. <laughs> um, and that was one of my one of the wake up calls. Then I was reading uh, Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Life, and mm. was highly learning recommend that. Yes, highly, highly recommend that. Highly, highly recommend that. Um, and with that, I was learning how to take accountability. Oh, I'm not the victim. Um, you know, yeah. I was lying to myself yeah. all the time, and I was coping so hard, so hard at the time. And then I also stopped drinking. I stopped going out. I stopped associating myself with the, these people, these women that were, I felt were leeching off of me. I felt drained every time I hung out with these people. And when I stopped drinking alcohol, I could see clearly now I could mm -hmm. understand oh, no, I don't feel good when I hang out with them. That's why I drink more when I hang right. out with them. It's starting, the pieces starting to go together. together. And, then and then this incredible man walks into your yes. life. Yes, <laughs> that That helped, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. When I met my husband, it was, I will say it was love at, love at first sight for him. He told, he literally uh -huh. turned to his best friend and said, I'm going to marry that woman. And he's like, I love you it. Just met her 2.2 seconds ago. How could you know that? He's like, just watch. And yes, we are married. And I'm, I love I, it. I, and it's crazy because, you know, we were just, we, we went to St. Augustine yesterday. We had a family day and we were just, we are so happy. And it's so much, I, I tell people I'm like intimacy grows over time. Like we were infatuated with each other when we first yeah. met, right? The day we met, uh, it was at a um at a an event. I was meeting some I was meeting a uh a client for a possible business, uh for a possible business. He was meeting the same person after my meeting was done. And we came together and there was an event that night. He invited me to the event. And then from the next day forward, we were inseparable. inseparable. It was just like- I saw you say, I heard you say that in your podcast. That was it. You knew that this was going to be your person. You knew yes. that life was going to look different. He knew that too. Yes. And I, I also, you know, know that you went through counseling. You kind of yes. did marital counseling, <laughs> which you highly suggest. You kind of worked through a lot of- um who you were, yes. who he was. A lot of trauma. Right. 
And, and, and you talked about the importance of that. So that is something I know that you suggest, but I do kind of want to now yes. have you talk a little bit to the women that are listening now. I'd mm. love to get some advice as we wrap this up, Rebecca. What do you say to the, to the single women now that mm. could be listening, or maybe a mom that's sharing this with her 20-year-old daughter mm-hmm. um, about the culture and the lies that the culture is telling them? What do you sell to, say to the single young women of mm-hmm. your generation that are in their 20s right now? Yeah, I would say you can focus on your career. You can do all of these things. I'm not saying that getting your education is bad. I'm not saying that working on your career is a bad thing. I think that women should, right? However, we cannot neglect your biology. You cannot mm-hmm. neglect the that eventual desire to want to have a husband, right? So we need to start investing the same effort and energy that you put into your career. You need to take some of that and start, you know, working on yourself. If that is, you know, going to the gym, if that is become the best version of yourself for Mm -hmm. the man that you want to marry, right? Mm -hmm. And usually people, like I met my husband at a work event. So it is like, you never know, you never know. And you have, and I also say, we have to, as women tap into our feminine energy again, that, you know, Ah. that softness, a lot of women that are in these very career focused, career minded states, they Mm, are more, yeah, they're more, uh, tuned into their masculinity. So we need to start tuning the frequency to our femininity. Very good advice. And that softness will welcome that, you know, that male attraction to you. Mm -hmm. Because if you are so hard and your exterior is always hard and you can't trust anyone, Mm. you're just going to be a repellent, right? Right. You're going to repel all these men away from you. And then you're going to get to your early to mid thirties and end up like many women. And I, that is not my heart for young women. That is not my heart for any woman. Right. So there there is such a difference too, between being a feminist and being feminine. I think that's kind of where you're going with this is that you, you adopt the feminist ideology, but you actually abandon being feminine, yes. the gifts and talents that you have as a woman. Yes. So it's and- a crazy mix in your brain. No wonder why it's um, daunting. Yeah. And the one thing I always say too, is like, we need to, as women, we need to stay, start taking accountability for our actions. We are not the victims of our life. We are not the victims. We are the victors in our story. So we need to start acting that way. And if we continuously say that we're the victim, if we're continuously being told that or surrounding ourselves with that, you know, that's just going to continue to lead you down the wrong path. path, We need to surround ourselves with people. Like if you eventually want to get married, the best advice I have for you is find a wife, find someone who has been married for a very long time and sit and (laughs) let them mentor you, let them mentor you, sit down with them for coffees or say, Hey, can I come over and I'll help you with the household chores or 
can you help me cook? Can I like come to your home or come to my home? And, you know, and find these women in your community, find these women that you look up to, right? When, when I was in, uh, in my entrepreneurial phase, I was seeking out mentors that have been in business for a long time that have built multi-million billion dollar industries. Why can't we apply that for things that we want in our personal life? right? Right. If I want to be married and I want a healthy marriage, I need to know what that looks like. And if your immediate direct family isn't that example for you, you need to search that out in other ways and in be creative. Right. Um, you're right. And, and also you're right. YouTube is a great, you, oh, YouTube's great. Speaking of YouTube, yeah. let's talk about your channel. Um, and what your, what advice you're giving to the, to the moms and to the, to the, to this generation um, yeah. YouTube channel just like took off. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like, I think when people, I think people like to put other people in boxes. Okay. So when people say, Oh, you're not a real true stay at home mom, you do YouTube. I do YouTube very part-time. Okay. (laughs) I do. I take you great YouTube channel, by the way, I'm looking at it right now. I just love all the topics that you have. The producer of this show, Pam, she, I was like, I was like, Pam, listen, I can only do these certain days. Okay. And these certain windows of time is when I actually can shoot and record (laughs) and do interviews because my, what, like when I'm doing YouTube, when I have that hour, hour and a half of my daughter's sleep window, I am fully into my videos. I'm editing, I'm doing that stuff. Right. When she's awake or when my family is home, I am right. mom, I am wifey, I am cooking dinner. I'm not thinking about YouTube content creation, yeah. any of that. I am full blown in mom mode. So yeah. um, I think as moms, like, you know, that now we live in 2023. If you want to be a stay at home mom, right? If yeah. you want to transition into that, you have to start changing your lifestyle. You have to start making little sacrifices, right? Maybe it's not buying stuff on Amazon every day. That was something that I was doing. Maybe it's not going to Starbucks three to five times a week, right? Right. (laughs) Um, We need to start being more frugal with um, our time, our finances. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so, and so, and finding work in the home, finding Mm -hmm. things that you can do from your computer. I mean, think about the opportunities all of us have now, right? It used to be, (laughs) you used to have to leave the house to work. You don't have to do that anymore. Um, I did a lot of freelance work myself too, but you know, look at you, look at what God (laughs) has done. And look at this. I don't even know how many followers you have on your YouTube channel, but almost a hundred thousand. just a hundred thousand. Uh, can you tell us about the YouTube? How do they find you on YouTube, Rebecca? So they can listen to some of these. I can't even go through the videos because they're, they're the topics are like killer. Uh, Thanks. what's the name of your YouTube channel? Um, it's just my name, Rebecca Barrett. Um, I'm, I think if you just click Rebecca Barrett, I'm one of the first ones to pop up. I'm almost at a hundred thousand subscribers. It's Love crazy it. to me. It's crazy because I didn't think that that would be my life. I was just making videos because I wanted to, and my husband encouraged me to do it. And he still (laughs) encourages me to do it all the time. He's like, you need, 
like you you love it that's a part of your purpose too and like you should do that you know and so you can can find me there sometimes I get in trouble on YouTube sometimes I get in trouble on Instagram (laughs) um and I have some hot takes so if you have a little thick skin (laughs) yeah Come over. And you talking about toxic <laughs> feminism and how it yes. sold the build of goods to young women and how you have your you know pulling back the curtain and exposing yes. um just talk about all of those challenges mm-hmm. and even the challenges that you face and being yes. a wife and being um in a relationship, all these things. Uh people are going crazy over your videos. And <laughs> and here's what's the truth. They're amazing. I mean, Thank you're really you. taking on the, t- the, t- the tough topics in a culture that just doesn't really want to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it that Thanks. you are so real. <laughs> you're, real I, you're so real. Well, that I, and like you said, it's about playing into your gifts, right? Yeah. One of my gifts is this, like, I don't know how I do it. It's just, you know, I, I have that ability. You have that ability that might not be your gift, right? You got to find and tap into what you love to do. If it's Mm -hmm. creating, if it's, you know, DIYing, if it's thrifting, if it's whatever it is, you know, you just got to find that and double down. And for some reason, God gave me this ability to connect with people through a camera. And I'm super grateful. And I'm grateful that, I do have this platform that women, you know, it's hard sometimes because I get a lot of hate and I will be completely, I get a lot of hate, <laughs> a lot. Um, but I get those messages from women that says, thank you for helping me through this because I was yeah. going through the same exact thing or you have my story. We have the same exact story. Thank you so much for helping me through this yeah. or sharing your story. And that's what yeah. it's all about. And, um, you know, and hopefully this podcast can do that and shed some light. And if, and mm-hmm. I always say it's for women who want to see the other side, right? right? It's not like, if you are completely content, you never want to get married. You never want to have children. You, you know, or you want to focus on your career, do that, right. do that. But understand that everything in life has consequences, whether that's good or bad. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot of the um, anchoring themes of my YouTube channel. And what I say on social media is that we have the ability to choose. We have the ability. Mm -hmm. It's in our control, right? In some capacity, in some capacity, God's in control. God's in control, but yeah. But but in these little things that we do, these decisions that we take, we can either choose to make decisions based off of our flesh and what we desire in that moment, mm-hmm. right? Or we can think with some foresight and some longevity and say, if right. I make this decision today, how is this going to affect me in the what long is life term? Looking like, right? What it, right? And if we can start as women thinking about these long term decisions that we're taking and what we're doing in the immediate right now. And how that plays into the future, I think our lives, I think the decisions that we make will be a lot different than the decisions that we're making right now, you know? And Um, I think this is exactly how I want to close this podcast with you. 
on that note, think about where we're going. Mm -hmm. Think about your gifts, your talents, who you are, your relationships, the opportunity of having a child and a family. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Don't deny it. Think about Mm -hmm. it and see what God has in store. You may have a man walk right into your business and say, I'm going to marry you. Now, (laughs) that may not happen all across the board, but we just are always looking to see what God has for us. And Mm -hmm. the other thing is for the moms that are listening, you may have a daughter that's, you know, 15, 16, Mm -hmm. 17, 18, 19, 20, in her twenties, this podcast is perfect for them Mm -hmm. because this is what they're being told. If you're a mom and you're in a situation and you're battling with home and career, this is perfect for you. Go Mm -hmm. to Rebecca's YouTube page and think about it, pray about it see what God has in store for you, just like Rebecca did. I'm always so encouraged to see young women like Rebecca speaking the truth, using their voice, and what a powerful platform she has there on YouTube. Again, please check her out. All right. Well, speaking of platforms, I do want to mention, visit our website, mobsforamerica.us. Check out all of our amazing resources, events, and programs there. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Rumble. Check us out on BitChute as well. All of our social media platforms. Um, We really are here to help you moms. Uh, I mention this every week that uh, we have our cottage meetings, which is our 12 lessons that truly inspire you on the principles of liberty, how you could teach them in your home and in your community. That's our signature program. This program, along with many of our other programs, will help you impact your family in a very powerful way. We also have the Liberty Kids Club, which is brand new, which is a child-friendly version of the Cottage Meetings. We have our Healing of America series, um, which educates you on what's happening in America all across the country. We say this every week, right? It's parental rights to public policy. That's what we have here at Moms for America. It's from the kitchen table to Congress. We have it all. We also want to invite you to sign up for our weekly newsletter when you're on our website there. This will help you get educated on the issues that relate to you as a mom and engage with other moms all across the country. Our network is over a million moms right now. Also, if you have an idea for our podcast, I would love to hear from you. Would you please email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net. Love to get your suggestions and input and any, any guests that you'd like me to chat with. We say this every week that liberty begins at home and that moms, you are truly the heartbeat of America. That's why this movement is so powerful. It's because of moms like you, the defenders of the families, the teachers of the children, the warriors that fight for our faith, um, protect our parental rights and champion our constitutional freedoms. That's you moms. Again, please like and subscribe this podcast with your friends. I look forward to joining you next week for another inspiring discussion with moms just like you. Um, We so appreciate you, moms. Thanks for being a part of Moms for America. And uh, as always, let's keep changing our world one home at a time. Talk to you soon.